All right, bismillah, and we are live. Assalamu alaikum, guys. Welcome to the Umarpreneur Live podcast. And with me today, I bring you none other than Elena, Muslim travel girl herself. Assalamu alaikum, Elena. It's a pleasure to have you. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm very good. Yourself? Good, alhamdulillah. I'm happy to be here with you. I'm so excited for us to do this and to dive in, inshallah, and as people kind of hop on and get connected and get notified, I'm just going to share with you guys a little bit about Elena, guys. Elena is the founder and editor-in-chief of Muslim Travel Girl, okay? So this is an amazing, and it's the leading Muslim travel site. It's really inspiring Muslims to travel the world in style without breaking the bank. And by the way, she is also the founder of Umrah Under 300 Pounds, which is essentially how to perform Umrah, right, on a budget. And she was able to do this herself. She was actually the leading pioneer in creating this DIY Umrah uh, travel package and she shows you how to do all of that and really with Muslim Travel Girl and what she's done so far she's inspired millions of Muslims to travel and to experience the world as confident Muslims and not only that but she's also served on travel advisory boards to facilitate halal travel and tourism so I'm so honored to have you here to speak to you and to share with you some of your insights with our audience today Jazakallah khair Thank you so much for having me. It's kind of weird, like, hearing about myself. For sure. I'm always, I'm always like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, you're always... And it's it's funny because, I, you know, we always feel, even for myself, I was... Uh, the other day, I was sharing this post where I was invited to speak, and I felt like, you know, the imposter syndrome? It's like, wait, is this really me? I don't know if I... <laughs> exactly, exactly. And also, 100%. it's kind of, like, cringy, cringy when, uh, you know, when you hear somebody talk about your achievements, especially those... You know, you you kind of have the imposter syndrome. 100%. Yeah. I mean, as entrepreneurs, we we tend to always be very hard on ourselves because we always want to achieve more. But it's important to recognize as well your achievements. And mashallah, Lena, you're someone who's achieved so much. And honestly, with the project that you've created with Muslim Travel Girl, when I first learned about it, right, and we had an interview as well through the Nurns of Fear platform, when I learned about it, when I saw it, I just knew exactly that I wanted to bring you on to share your experience on this podcast as well. Thank so I'm so excited. Thank you. So let's start at the beginning. And I think that's the best place to start, Lena. Can you share with us more about the journey that inspired you to even, you know, become an entrepreneur and to create Muslim Travel Girl, right? What inspired you to blog and share your experiences with, with others? Right. You know what, actually, I think it's the first time I'm talking no travel related and more entrepreneur related. And I think that's the most exciting part of for me because, um, I always grew around businesses. My parents had several businesses. My mom is a very strong woman who, you know, had several businesses um, running herself um, to support the family. And um, I kind of always, I kind of always worked and inspired to that. Um, and I never really saw myself as an entrepreneur. I just wanted to, you know, kind of do things. Uh, my favorite was playing with the money. We had a shop. Uh, it was like a real monopoly money, basically. <laughs> I would just pound the, the day's earnings and like, you know, play. And I was probably about seven or eight. Um, and I always kind of grew around business. I don't think I kind of started. Uh, definitely when I created Muslim Travel Girl, I wasn't looking for that. I had different projects. I worked on um, several different committees. I, fin I finished Islamic finance. So I was thinking I'm going to go into doing something with finance, etc. Um and uh, I guess the journey of entrepreneurship, and you know that pretty well, I'm sure, is uh, it's never linear. 100%. You always, 
you know, it always kind of goes back in circles and stuff and you go and find a passion that you like or, you know, you're passionate about. And I think why Muslim Travel Girl turned into Muslim Travel Girl is because it was more about a project that I'm passionate about that I want to share with people. And um, I know we talked with Nur and Zafir about, yeah. you know, um, you know, building bridges and communities through travel, etc. And, well, that was kind of the passion that it started and led to, you know, Muslim Travel Girl being Muslim Travel Girl, I guess. What did you, what inspired you to even, because, you know, you're passionate about this and you went ahead and you actually started sharing, right, your story and how you did your DIY Umrah. And it's amazing, mashallah, the way that you were able to achieve that. Now, what inspired you to even share this? Because a lot of people are passionate about travel or they're passionate about something, but they don't necessarily go out and share it. So what was it that made you feel like, you know what, this, I want to share this. This is something I want to create. You know what? I think what I was passionate about is finding good deals and sharing them with people. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, eight, nine years ago when I got that whole idea was um, my reality of why I started looking into travel hacking, which is my my favorite thing, I guess, in loyalty programs was I always wanted to get an upgrade to business class for free. You know? <laughs> and uh, some of my most popular websites are... Um, posts are actually about people looking for how to get an upgrade to business class. Um, <laughs> I do have an article on it, but I don't know. I think people will get I need, to, I need to learn your tactics. Like this is, I, I need to spend a day just learning everything that you know, because you seem like you got travel just down pat. <laughs> um, so basically when I was at uni, I, I got a free upgrade once to business class. And I was like, oh, this is so good. You know, you got free ice cream and like, it was fun. Obviously it was inter-Europe flights. It wasn't like flatbed or anything, but it was kind of nice. Um, and, um, and then once I got married and I always traveled, right? I never thought about actually doing anything to you know to write a blog or whatever um it was mostly about me exploring countries meeting people which is what i like doing and um what happened was um you know i, I got married and i wanted to travel and i was like how do you go to business class and that's how i came across the world of travel hacking and you know travel deals and there's so much into that. But anyways, I started sharing some of that online when I found good deals. And I'm talking about good, good deals, like proper right. travel hacking. Um, it's not something I truly share on Muslim Travel Girl, I guess, um, because it's very hard to kind of explain. But I would love to do that one day. Um, you know, and I started sharing everything about travel, basically. And a friend of mine said, oh, how about you start a, 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 you know, a blog about it? And I was like, I've already had a website on different projects that I was working in. And I was like, I don't know anything about, like, okay, I share what I want, but it's not, you know, who's going to read it apart from my friends because they got some cheap flights. Um, yeah. But I was like, you know what, I'll give it a go. You know, that, that kind of, it wasn't even entrepreneurship. It was just like, oh, you know, sharing a passion with someone. Um, and that's how we started. Muslim Travel Girl came from sharing deals and tips on traveling on loyalty programs and hacking. Um, and then because we talked about Umrah, I wanted to go for Umrah. And as a newlywed, Umrah is expensive. For sure. <laughs> you know, eight years ago, it was like, um, I don't know, two, three thousand pounds per person. Well, you know, when you have a family and you move to a new house and a wedding and everything, you can't find that kind of money. So I was like, I already know travel hacking. I already know how to get good deals. I'm sure we can create something and do a DOI package for Umrah. 
And back then, there were very few people who would actually even consider giving me a visa on a, for a package uh, right. because everybody wants to sell their packages. Um, obviously, there's no profit in just visas. Um, anyways, through a friend, I found an agency who, you know, I called and I was like, you know what? They told me you do deal Umrah Umra visas. I want an Umrah visa mm -hmm. and I'm going to do it under 300 pounds. And he laughed. <laughs> I mean, to me, that sounds, well, I, I, mean, I don't know if it can be done through Canada, but I feel like the flight ticket is more expensive than that. So how? Well, <laughs> the, three, the Umrah the 300 was done through loyalty programs and through okay. points, uh, okay. right? And in Canada, you can definitely do that. Uh, I've had, I have many people reading from Canada and I have friends who've done it. It's easy, it's relatively easy to do. Um, but my whole point was that I wanted to challenge the fact that you had to go and do an Umrah for you know, for two, three thousand pounds, mm -hmm. because that stops people from actually going for Umrah, right. you know, um, and visiting and reconnecting with Islam. And especially from a Western perspective, I always found that by going for Umrah, you kind of refresh your, you know, your Iman, your Ibadah, and you feel more of connected. And right. I didn't want people to, to, you know, to struggle not to be able to do that just because of the financial reasons. Right. Um, and I guess that's where my passion lies about Umrah um, and concentrating on Umrah. Um, so, yeah, alhamdulillah, we did it under 300 pounds. The visa, that didn't include the visa. So I think with the visa came to about, I think the visa back then was about 130 pounds, like 300 Canadians. Um, and, yeah, we did it. And after that, I started working with the agency and we've, mashallah, sent them pretty much uh, a very large number of people, you know, um, for visas. And alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm glad that we've managed. I think it's been a little bit over a million people inspired um, wow. through the DOI Umrah content to travel. And I always find it humbling that there are people who... Um, would email me even years or later or months and be like, you know what, thank you so much right. for, you know, sharing those tips. I never shared it with you, but we went and we did it and we saved so much money, etc. And I think for me, that's the, you know, the bigger reward kind of you can get. Right. And of course, the duas, I think, I guess I always said that, but I'm kind of, you know, I was like, if I've helped you, please make dua for me. And I appreciate it because I think potentially and partially Muslim travel is where it is because of those duas. 100%. I mean, that's beautiful, actually, to, to help people go to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then to be like, guys, listen, if I've helped you, just put in a good word for me, please. That's that's amazing, mashallah. Yeah. I mean, just, just that in itself is its own benefit and reward. SubhanAllah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you because, Elena, mashallah, your blog, as you mentioned, has grown to serve over a million people, right? And it's inspired so many Muslims to travel, you know, even though they're on a budget and to, to see that it's possible, see that it's possible to go and have these amazing trips, even though you don't necessarily have thousands of dollars laying around. So I want to ask you, when we talk about the growth of Muslim Travel Girl, what was, let's talk about this. What was the biggest challenge that you had to, in terms of growing the platform? So you started this, but then it started to grow. What was maybe a challenge that you faced that you can maybe share with us and how you overcame it? A little lesson for entrepreneurs that are listening. Right. Uh, we are on an entrepreneurship um, you know, session. So I'm yeah. going to be honest and say that the hardest part at this moment in time is COVID. Really? Wow. Okay. Um, because you will be surprised. I mean, it's not only me. I guess for me, I have a very small team. Um, you know, we kind of managed to weather things 
I guess way better. And I'm glad that I had the savings from previous months to sustain me. Right. Um, but um, it's been very hard seeing that about 90% of your traffic gets wiped out in a day. Yeah. Um, you know, um, that includes your income streams, like affiliate marketing, advertising, you know, sponsorship, contents, whatever that is. It literally gets wiped because you you're in the mercy of Google. <laughs> you're in the mercy yeah. of, uh, you know, people actually looking to travel. And uh, for me, when Saudi closed their borders, that was a percentage that, that gone. Um, and then the world shut down during COVID. So that was another percentage gone. And I have to say, I think that, you know, whatever happened prior, it, it was, and I'll tell you about the prior, but I think it will, it will require, now it requires a different strategy and thinking. Um, because as an entrepreneur, I've started thinking of, we always talk about, you know, having different pots of, um, you know, income coming in and, you know, managing to have, uh, you know, different leverages. And um, I think although I had a decent amount of different income pots, they all right. dried <laughs> because they were all interconnect interconnected. Mm -hmm. So I think it is um, important to kind of think through it now and see, okay, some things, things need to change. Some things need to actually, I need to look into, you know, maybe doing something else. At the moment, I'm looking into expanding my YouTube channel, um, awesome. which is not related totally to the blog site. Obviously, they're interconnected, but they're related to different, um, you know, to different income streams. It also means that I would like to start something more of, um, you know, kind of differentiate on different products that I can bring from Muslim Travel Girl. Um, so then you have that safety and security. Um, but going back to your question of the before, I think the hardest part for me was imposter syndrome, if mm. I have to be honest. Um, because for many years, I didn't see Muslim Travel Girl as, um, as a business. Mm. I saw it as a passion. I saw it as a baby. I saw it as a hobby. And I also think that it could have grown faster if I had seen it as a business sooner. Um, I think it's a mistake that many people do. Um, but also, I think I didn't want to lose the integrity of the people. I take my readers trust very seriously. Um, also, I think it was about having a team sooner and delegating and being better at delegating. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you want to always do something yourself and kind of held control to the things that, you know, it's your baby. Uh, but in reality, I think you will serve more people if you actually released a little bit of that control and, you know, had a team that you trusted. And I never expected HR and hiring to be so difficult. <laughs> um, but it is a challenge, you know, finding a good team around you to actually make it work and to trust them enough to, you know, release a little bit of that. And also, I mean, so as you mentioned, when you select, I mean, the team makes all the difference, right? And it's when you have the right people around you, you're able to grow so far. And to yeah. find these right people takes a lot of work. And then to train them and to make sure that, you know, they are, they're well equipped to contribute and also just for themselves to grow and feel like they're fulfilled and they want to keep working with you. Exactly. It's a delicate balance. So 
I, I'm really happy that you share that. And there's a few things that I actually wanted to touch upon. One is that you mentioned, of course, that because your business is a travel focused business, it's a travel blog, you were, of course, impacted by the pandemic where everyone froze up and they're like, wait, you know, this is happening, panic, we don't know what's going on, let's just put a pause on all, all our travel plans. But a lot of entrepreneurs can be faced with this in different situations, whether it's the pandemic or whether it's technology coming and disrupting a certain sector of the market, just like we saw with Blockbuster going out of business because Netflix came in. So there's a lot of examples of that. Your reaction was to, you, you saw what happened and you realized, okay, this is a challenge. And then you decided, what is it that I can create? How can I pivot in ways where we can keep going, right? And you mentioned you're working on a YouTube channel, you're working on, working on other product services. If you don't mind, I'd love to touch a bit more on that. So, yes. I, I, you know, a lot of business owners might feel like they're in a place where they're stuck because of a certain market situation or something external, an external event. So what is it that you recommend and what strategy did you take? Can you give us more details on that? I think it's always important to kind of look at, um, at least for me, uh, what I'm passionate about, what I can help. Um, and also I like the 80-20 rule mm. um, of, you know, putting energy with less effort, etc. cetera. Um, for me, what I looked at is uh, the things that actually make me happy is, um, you know, talking to people. I'm actually, I think I prefer video than writing. It's just um, editing is such a pain. <laughs> it's so time consuming. People don't realize how much time, how time consuming it is. It's crazy. But also <laughs> you don't have to do it yourself, which is another thing that, you know, you, you should really sum all that to a team member that can actually do it for you. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so I think I, I went when when this whole pandemic started and I have a one year old. So I think my approach is a little bit slower than it should have been was um, looking through what options, you know, what options I have of reviving. I could have started another blog um, that is more lifestyle, I guess, approaching. I could have started another, you know, um, I don't know, another product that I, can ha I could have done. Um, right. What I did actually was uh, two things that feel true to myself. Uh, I'm working on a series um, that I'm really happy and passionate about on um, sort of, so hopefully the one goes tomorrow, but it's on um, the Muslim-friendly version of Wanderlust Wednesday where we talk about destination in depth with people because I do like connecting with people and I think that will kind of, you know, that brings that connection. Right. Um, and also I went back to my newsletter and to my mailing list, um, which is very important as an entrepreneur to have. And I definitely encourage everyone to have one. But it was also about building that relationship again with them. Mm. Uh, because it's very interesting that my, in many cases, my email list actually keeps me accountable because there are people on my emailing list that if they haven't heard from me in about a week or two, uh, they will email me and be like, are you okay? Like, wow. I email. And I find that this relationship is priceless to me in a way, simply For because sure. then obviously it means that you're doing something right. Yeah. Um, right. Um, and I do try to stick with things that would feel authentic to myself because again, going back to imposter syndrome, I don't want to feel that. I try to work on it. I try to, you know, um, you know, shout, oh, I'm the best, come to me or whatever. I just want to be honest and authentic because um, this so far has got me where it's got me and I don't think it's a, it's a wrong approach. Um, and also I think with people, 
in these times going through whatever they're going with financial insecurities i don't i didn't feel it would have been right of churning another product out mm-hmm. um, and being right. hey you know what i've created this for you when we can travel kind of thing right um and i think it's about you know supporting giving value because once travel comes back hopefully you will be the first person on someone's mind of looking right. for advice or deals or whatever And it's really what you mentioned here is essentially really establishing that connection with your audience and really cementing, seeing this as an opportunity to really position yourself as a leader in this market, as an authority in this market. And this is how you do it. It's when other people are afraid to show up and they're afraid to keep going. When you keep going and when you show up and when you focus on serving your clients, that's where you stand out versus the noise and versus all the crowd that's happening. And you mentioned something interesting, which is your email list they reach out to you because they want to hear from you and my guess is because a lot of entrepreneurs business owners they listen to this and we have email lists and i'm also guilty of this too i sometimes get a little bit lazy on keeping up with it right but it is so important and you know a lot of people say email is dead well look email open rates are a bit lower now but it's still an asset for your business right nonetheless and you should use every single asset possible and, and leverage it and with you, I'm guessing that the reason why they do that is not because every single email, you're just sending them, here's a deal, here's a discount, here's you know a promotion, here's something I'm trying to sell you, but you're instead also sharing a little bit about yourself, about you yeah. know maybe your experiences. Am I, am I correct yeah. in, in thinking that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think what one of the early lessons I learned on entrepreneurship, I guess, or building relationships mm-hmm. was um, people buy into you, they don't buy into product necessarily. Mm. Um, and I don't do it for that particular reason it's because I like it but also it's very important to notice that you know as a small business um, there is a family or there is a person behind that screen or those words that are out there um, and that means something um, and I think that's that's exactly where it lies um, also I think email lists are yes I agree with the sense that open rates are lower we have a lot of spam control now but it's also one of the things that you can actually do that it's yours we don't rely on facebook cutting reach we don't rely on instagram cutting reach we don't rely on google indexing or changing their index status and you know going through all that thing it's something that you can send your email list and if you're doing something right and you're nowhere selling i mean I sign up to so many courses and there's always an email about I'm selling this product and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And I think there are about three before I kind of unsubscribe, even if I like the person and I have bought their product. Right. For me, it's a little bit too much. And I think I would have known, I would have liked to know a little bit more about who that person is rather than shooting me an email, trying to sell me another $99 course. Mm hmm. Right. hundred percent. And I think that's also, it's so important for people listening. I love that we're touching up on this because it wasn't even planned, but I love that. And it's, it's that, you know, when, when people entrepreneurs, they, they, they get people on their list. Uh, the first thing they say is like, okay, awesome. Let me try to sell, sell, sell. But it's, that's why it's important to even have some sort of welcome or introduction kind of sequence, right? For new people who sign up, send them yeah. a few emails, just introducing yourself. Hey, this is me. And this is who I am. This is why I created Muslim travel girl. This is my mission. This is what I want to help you with, et cetera. Now, at least that gets people to know, okay, this is, you know, this is who that person is and they build that personal connection with you, as you mentioned. So I love that we touched on this, such an amazing insight to take away from this. I want to ask you also for, 
some of your tips, Elena, and it's okay. I don't want you to share all your secrets, but if you can just share some with our audience here, give us a little, um, a little privilege here. We're entrepreneur. We're trying to grow Muslim entrepreneurs over here. What are some strategies that you used for growing your blog, right? Someone that's listening to this and it's just any blog, what not necessarily travel, but just okay. an online, an online resource. Go ahead. Right. Uh, you have to be blind not to use CEO, <laughs> SEO, right. especially in blogging. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you have to. However, I would always say be careful. It's a long term game. It's not, uh, you know, a one night, one time thing you can do that is going to get you away because, yeah, um, yeah it's something that it's kind of like a marriage, I guess, if I can say, um, you know, you go with Google and you have to make it work for both of you because uh, Google is temperamental and they can change their mind. And every couple of months, you can be up or you can be down. Um, so it's important to know that. It's also important to know that, especially with blogging, especially because there are a lot of, and no disrespect to them, but there are a lot of Instagram travel experts um, that there is a difference between going on five trips and, you know, doing something. And then there is, there is a difference between going into something deeper. Um, and when it comes to creating something sustainable, it takes time. And I think one of the only strategies really that I have worked with and not as consistent as I would like is sticking it and being consistent <laughs> to an extent. 100%. Uh, because I have about 50,000 emails. I'm pretty sure about 100 of them, probably more, are from people who have started a blog or a project and wanted me as a you know, as somebody to work with them or work for them or whatever. And usually when they say, oh, we're starting this new project, I'm always, give me a one year and then come back to me. Mm -hmm. Hardly anybody comes back because they don't stick it out. Um, and I think if you want to make money and stick and, you know, people consider you an expert, you have to put the effort in it. And you also have to play the long game, uh, which means presence weekly daily whatever you name it seo um you know creating a brand that is recognizable also i think is important um you know whether it's your logo your colors i think people should feel that you know when they see a photo that's that's who it is um i'm not saying i'm perfect at doing it i'm sometimes lazy to do it um but i also think that you know, at some point you can kind of give in leeway, but when you're starting out, it's very important. Um, yeah. And I think it's persistence, even when you have the imposter syndrome, I think a lot of the entrepreneurship stuff is um, in your head. Uh, and it's good that you have, you know, you have a group and you you're doing what you're doing because you also need a support network mm. and you also need people to encourage you. So you don't give up. Um, I think, my biggest support network has been my husband, alhamdulillah, uh, partially because there were many groups and that I could join eight years ago. Um, but, you know, having that network of people who are like-minded is important, especially at the beginning when maybe your family, maybe your coworkers, they're like, why are you starting something else? You know, why you have the entrepreneurship bug? Maybe you should just go to nine to five and just forget about it. Like, you know, be a normal person. <laughs> so many times. Join us <laughs> in our misery. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and I think I think that's what's important, you know, surround yourself, look at what you want to do, and then, you know, and then go for it as well. Um, and work on yourself. I think for the past eight years, I've worked a lot on myself, on your own doubts. Um, and I know it's not strategy per se that you asked me for, but I think it's very important strategy I, for your I think that's the best. I think that's the best answer you could have given, to be honest. Uh, because you you have baggage um, that you're going to bring to your business, whether it's when you hire people. I mean, I had to relook my whole way. I thought I was a really good boss, to be honest. And then I realized that I wasn't giving as much authority as I should have in my, you know, in my business to my, you know, to my employees or freelancers or whatever. And I had to go back and look deeper into me <laughs> to realize that, yes, okay, I still have some lingering issues there that I have to work on. And I think it's important to remember that you're an entrepreneur and you're on a journey and you have to go through a journey and learn uh, because you don't know everything. Yeah, 100%. And with everything- Even if people call you an expert, right? Sorry. Even no, no, 100%. People call you expert, like you, you don't know everything. Yeah. And I just want to say, because what you said of, oh, this is not what you asked me with a strategy. I mean, this is exactly what I wanted because- you know, a lot of people think like, okay, this is this is it. They take out their notepad. They're going to be like, she's going to tell me what I need to put as a headline in my blog post or I need to put it in my paragraphs. Listen, guys, you can easily Google that information. But the key is, as you mentioned, the key differentiating factor between success and, and failure in entrepreneurship is really a, a few key things. And you mentioned all of them. It's persistence. It's consistency, right? Showing up every day, really putting the work in and that is the biggest difference maker, right? A lot of people, it's just a matter of sticking it out. A lot of people, so many times they don't stick it out. They don't, they start something. And as you mentioned, I get these emails too, brother, can we partner up? I want to partner up with your entrepreneur community. I want to do something. And it's number one, if you're going to just quick tip guys, if you're going to reach out to someone uh, for help, you'll always have to first start with what's in it for them, right? Not what's in it for you. And that's a big mistake that entrepreneurs make and people that I see make, they, they send an email. Can I pick your brain? Can you help me with this? But first, you have to you have to start with, you know, number one, why do you even want to work with me? And what's in it for me to help you, right? Not that I'm saying I'm selfish, but as in, no matter if you're pitching a, a, a Fortune 500 company or a small business owner, it's all about, listen, this is what you'll get out of this. And here's what we can get. And as you mentioned, for a lot of times, they're just kind of reaching to see, hey, listen, can you walk me through this and hold my hand? Because they don't want to do the work. They want, they want to actually pursue the, the whole path. Please go ahead, because I can see you want to say something. Go for it. <laughs> no, no, no. I 100% agree. I'm just nodding in agreement, basically. Right. But it's 100% true because so I get emails uh, even on Instagram, and I sometimes laugh. At the beginning, I used to actually take my time and reply to people, and right. you know, spend an hour writing an email and giving them tips. And then I never even heard a thank you email back, which hurt like it right. Um. And I, then I decided that I don't care and I don't want to do that because that's their journey and you should go on it. Um, I can't help my daughter walk. I can show her how to, but she obviously needs to do it herself. Um, and it's exactly the same principle. And I agree, whether you're a Fortune 500 or a small business owner, it's about what value do you bring to that person because you're reaching out to partner with them. You are not, you know, they haven't reached out to you. Exactly. Um, so you obviously should give value. And also, if you receive 100 emails, your email should stand out from those 100 emails instead of saying, hey, can you help me out get more followers? Um, 
because no, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't even reply to emails, but even emails who land in my email box and they've gotten the title right and then they write something bizarre uh, about my lifestyle blog. And I'm like, okay, so that was one of a thousand emails that you send out and you didn't even bother, you know, pay attention to what blog I write about. Yeah, like those you can tell they just edited the name and the company name and they just sent exactly. it out. Probably kind of mailchimp or something and just <laughs> shoot an email. That's it. No, I completely agree. And that's really key is that as you mentioned, guys, if you want to reach out for some to someone and you wanna you wanna get value from them, it's first to start with how you can give value. And I think that's such a beautiful takeaway to share on this podcast. Now we still have a bit of time, so there's a few more questions I want to squeeze in before we dive into our QA, inshallah, with some of the audience that's watching right now. I want to ask you, let's talk a little bit about the situation with travel right now. You are a travel expert, and I know we talked about it with Nguyen Zafir, but let's also bring it a bit on this podcast and yeah. just share a little bit of what it looks like right now for people, right? Are there still opportunities to travel uh, in terms of tourism or even Umrah? Do you see anything happening there? So what is it that you're seeing right now in terms of the travel industry? Right. So, inshallah, um, I think the best time to travel or to do anything is when things are going down hmm. um, because you get great deals. <laughs> um, inshallah, Umrah hopefully will open in May or maybe later. Definitely will open at some point, whether with COVID vaccines or passports or whatever, they will open. They cannot close it. Um, we're yeah. also hoping that the tourist visa will open so then there is more freedom to it. I think the travel situation will pick up over the summer months and uh, hopefully later in the year uh, as more people get vaccinated. Um, I also, I mean, the deals out there at the moment are fantastic. Um, it's very hard not to kind of consider booking anything because everything's free cancellation. Everything is, you know, free discounts, free points, uh, you know, extra things. I have topped up my accounts on pretty much anything I wanted um, at the moment uh, because they're good deals and they're things that we had never seen before. No. Um, and also the, the last time they, we saw it is t was ten, about 10 years ago, 12 years ago now for the, the previous financial crisis, right? Obviously, I didn't have the block there. Then I didn't have you know that part so i kind of missed on all these deals and selfishly i'm looking forward to you know business class for like 900 pounds to new york or you know to asia um and there is always an opportunity and i think we shouldn't forget as entrepreneurs that and even in this crisis there were a lot of people who became millionaires and billionaires with extra bees um yeah because they took advantage of it. Um, and I know it's sad in a way, but also it's how the world works. And we should be realistic about the fact that, you know, someone else's misery is someone else's gain. I'm not saying step on them to do it, um, but also you should take advantage of the fact that potentially now they're great opportunities for traveling. There will be great opportunities for traveling. Sorry, I'm a cup of water just fell on the desk. I apologize for that, guys. Keep going. <laughs> oh, no. Is your laptop okay, your computer? I think I'm okay. The keyboard's acting a little wonky, but we're going we're gonna to keep going. We're going to make this happen. But please, okay. yeah, go for it. Um, so, yeah, I think traveling shouldn't, you know, traveling shouldn't stop and it wouldn't stop. It would be slower, but also that takes advantage of fantastic deals for the summer. Also, people who are watching and they want to travel, I would encourage them to book something because it's free cancellation. Um, you know, it's free 
free deals, free hotel cancellation up to 24 hours before, so you wouldn't have a problem. And I think people always complained about paying extra for canceling, so that's an opportunity. And also these deals are around for even next year and the, the year after. Therefore, Amazing. Um, you do, know. Do you have uh, you, like specific resources? I know you probably shared on the blog, guys. So most of that, like, please go on her blog, check it out. We're going to actually put a little shout out here. Uh, banners, let's see, put MuslimTravel.com, TravelGirl.com. But please go ahead and share with us. Is there any specific resources that you usually recommend you look into or people check out for these things? Um, no, I usually share on my newsletter. And I okay. also share on social media. And I am going to be starting um, kind of a weekly roundup of all the deals I find that are good um, because I think now will be the time to do it. Um, and I kind of look for flights just for fun. So I always find something that I should uh, mention. Um, so I'm going to be doing a separate deal section on my website later this week or next week, just with things that I think are good deals for people. Sometimes it's hard for me to do that. I have, I have, I have concepts under um, the blog that they can find. Um, but because my audience is pretty much worldwide, it's very hard, especially finding um, flight deals. So you're in Canada. Some of my readers are in New York. Some are in Los Angeles. And it's like, how much of a list am I going to have? Um, but I am also working on another um, project that is similar related to that for people who want to find deals. That's awesome, Michelle. Barbados, you guys. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we got a Barbados recommendation in the comments. <laughs> yes, yes, Barbados. Uh, inshallah, I'm hoping to go to Jamaica later this year. I'm oh, hoping okay. this works out. Inshallah. Uh, we yeah, hope so. Perfect. I mean, in Canada, we have a travel ban right now, so it's making it really hard, to be honest, myself and my wife. We've been wanting to travel for a long time now uh, this year, and we haven't been able to because uh, they've put a ban. So hopefully they're going to lift it this summer because we can't wait to get out again. I mean... People, I think, are just really excited to travel again. To yeah. Be yeah. And I mean, yeah. people saved up some money, so I might as well spend it on something that will bring them experiences. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 100%. So let's let's do one more question, Shell, before we dive into Q&A. And guys, if you have any questions for, I can see we have a lot of people with us live right now. If you have any questions for Elena, guys, about her Muslim travel blog, about her experience as a travel expert, about her growing her business, her entrepreneurship journey, her growing her personal brand, anything else, drop it in the comments, Shell, for our Q&A. And we'll try to get to a few at the end. But before we dive there, there's one more question I have for you. Actually, two more. But the first one is, um, what's in store for the future of Muslim Travel Girl, right? So now you've been doing this. Is there anything else that we can look forward to that's going to come out of Muslim Travel Girl? I think it's time um, to get more hands-on, I guess, approach. I'm working on a couple of products that I believe will help people and benefit people and also I'm passionate about. One of them is those deals we were talking about. Um, also, I would like to create um, more of my YouTube. And I think why I picked YouTube is because I love videos and connecting. And um, all of my videos have good reviews. It's just that editing part. So I'm including more people into my team who can do that. And then I can do the things that I'm passionate about. Um, because also, as a mom, you have to kind of work 80-20 most yeah. of the time. Um, and also, I'm looking forward to growing MuslimTravelGirl.com as well. I think I wouldn't trade my blog for anything. It's an authority blog. It's been around for a very long time. It has good domain, domain authority. You know, it has good standing. Um, but it's also something I would like to do of 
um, writing more often and uh, more variety of articles that are more more close to my heart. I mm-hmm. think one thing what I realized during the pandemic, I guess, was that I started writing articles that I know benefit people, for example, destination guides, but they don't have they don't hold my passion for that for, for too long, if I have mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, you know, I like sharing all the travel hacking that I found for, you know, the 10 flights I've taken with my daughter in business class mm-hmm. that I paid barely any money for. Um, and things that sometimes people will find it too difficult and goes over their head. So I am starting to work on series to kind of educate that part of it slowly, slowly, um, in order to hopefully benefit more people to do it. You know? Definitely. We got someone that's asking, what's the YouTube link? So what's, what's your channel? Let's give you a shout out on this podcast. MuslimTravelGirl.com. <laughs> That's right, it. Awesome. You go on YouTube and tap MuslimTravelGirl.com. Please subscribe, guys. I would like a thousand <laughs> subscribers as well. Inshallah, um, all right, guys. So we'll make sure so, to drop the link as well in the episode notes for you. But um, yes, so it will be basically, um, you know, working on these things that I'm more passionate about. That I'm more passionate about. That's awesome. Um, and hopefully, with passion comes income as well, and diversifying that income. Um, yeah. And of course anything with, um, you know, bringing people together and encourage them to travel. Inshallah, definitely. So I'm going to ask you one more question. And this one is the one that uh, we usually ask every single guest, right? And okay. I want to I wanna ask you this, this question before we dive into some Q&A, inshallah. Uh, but this one is, if you can meet Elena from, I don't know how many years ago you started Travel Girl, but let's say before that, right? So young Elena, just starting up, maybe still working at her job, doesn't know yet what she wants to do. She hasn't created Muslim Travel Girl yet. You could tell her one thing, right? To keep her along this journey to, that she can hold on to. What would that one thing be? Right. I'm all, all, always an honest person. And my coach <laughs> always says, the first thing that comes to your head is why you should say, right? And uh, the first thing that came to my head was trust yourself to do mm-hmm. it. Um, and yeah, I think that, that, that was it. Um, Elena, before starting Muslim Travel Girl, wasn't very different than what she's now, but I think I always chose the safe path of, mm-hmm. I was straight A student. I had dreams of working in investment banking before I became Muslim and I found it's haram. Um, and then, you know, kind of finding your footing of what do you want to do with a degree that potentially you can use with Islamic finance. Um, and yeah, I would tell her that, you know, trust yourself to, to do it. And I think the second thing I would tell her was um, it's okay to make money out of it without compromising, you know, the, you know, without selling hard, basically. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the selling part came because when I was about 16, 17, I worked with uh, Mood Level Marketing. Okay. Um, and I hate selling to people just for the sake of selling with, you know, nothing. And I think that put me off a lot of, uh, you know, dealing with my own, yeah, I, I, have, I have my own personal feelings about MLM companies, to be honest with you. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I think my first entrepreneurial journey was with an MLM. So it was always it was always a rocky one anyways. Sure. Um, and I kind of hated the selling part. And I think that's where I kind of took a long time to start actually making money from Muslim Travel Girl to right. sustain and have an income from it. 
Amazing, Marshall. Well, honestly, I'm so happy to see the growth that has happened so far and also that will continue to happen as you grow into all these other avenues and the YouTube as well. And we're here to support you with that. And I want to ask you one more thing. And then I know we've got a few more questions coming into the to the comments. So we'll go to we'll go to those, inshallah. But I know a lot of people ask this, so I thought it would be nice for your audience to, to get to know this. A lot of people want to start also on Instagram, right? They want to go, they want to grow their presence on Instagram. There's a lot of travel influencers on there, but a lot of our listeners, to be honest, the majority are not travel influencers. They're just business yeah. owners. So yeah. is there any tips that you can give for business owners when it comes to growing on Instagram? Yeah. Um, so I think Instagram is kind of making it a little bit harder and harder to, to, to grow now, but uh, video always works. I mean, I saw right. you create a video promoting this. Um, yes. You know, video is the one number one thing that works at the moment. Um, also reels work very, very, very well at the moment, especially if you have products to showcase, um, you know, and work with also think on Instagram is very important to have a differentiating brand and logo and colors and filters and this whole thing, um, because then it makes you stand out from the crowd, um, yeah. a nice, you know, feed works better than a cluttered feed. Uh, you know, white backgrounds, people, you know, even if you have products, it works much better. Also, I think people should invest in um, whether it's a professional camera or a light box, especially if you have products, nice. uh, you know, or services. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, just so you give a professional feeling out. Um also, I would say don't be afraid of reaching out to influencers. Um, however, going back to how you reach out to influencers, right. um, reach out and offer them something that is beneficial for them because, you know, coming and saying, I'll give you one pound of every sale doesn't, it, it doesn't work, mm -hmm. right? It needs to be something that I need to take the time to create the articles or I need to, to create the photos and the caption and everything. Also for products, I would say, or any business, um, the build the brand and the person. Mm. Um, a lot of the time I find that especially startups, even Muslim startups, they always kind of try to seem bigger than they are. Mm -hmm. um, so they can feel that, you know, they give the feel of power or expertise or whatever. Right. But in reality... I find that to be disingenuous. And I think for a business who is just starting out, being personal and getting people to know your brand is much more important than portraying that power in a way of, um, you know, we are the best company that can sell. I don't know what, right. hey, X, Y, Z. Um, people want to connect with people at the end of the day, right? Exactly. Um, also captions and, you know, hashtags are important. Um, don't overkill it. <laughs> Um, you know, just make it specific. And another thing I would say that has been working very well for me recently was engaging with other people, um, mm. engaging with similar hashtags or even similar businesses as yours. Nice. Um, not everybody is a competitor. And even if they are competitor, you can still learn something from them. Um, you just have to kind of, you know, find that balance for you. Yes. But you know, going and meeting people and actually commenting on people's feeds and, you know, seeing what they're doing has really 
inspired me and also taught me that you know for and my engagement went up i mean yeah, for sure. can argue with that right um so it, it's it's very important to create this whole you know this whole holistic approach to it um yeah and also highlights i mean i love using personal highlights for the things that you know i i want to showcase like yeah. I think I'm a travel blogger, but I showed her my whole house renovation just because I wanted to share it with someone, right? Exactly. And, and actually, people are interested. Yeah, people. <laughs> that's the thing. And, and I love that you said that. I just want to touch upon it, really, which is the fact that, um, you know, a lot of brands, they'll get on Instagram, they'll get on these platforms, and then it's like they put up the logo, they have the whole branding side, but then you don't even know who's behind the business. You don't know what's their story. You don't know why they do what they do. And as you mentioned, it's actually better to embrace yourself as the person behind the brand, especially as entrepreneurs. And it's something we teach in our program and I always focus on, and it's to really have people connect with you because in the end, people connect with people, right? There's a million brands out there. There's a million companies that do what you do. So what's the difference maker? What's gonna really allow them or drive them to work with you versus work with someone else? It's going to be who you are, how they connect with you, your values, right? The way that you perceive the world. If they agree with that, they'll connect with you on a deeper level. And that's so much more powerful. I just like the last comment of somebody. <laughs> I didn't know I touched the core, but I did there. I love it. I love it. We, we have actually one question. So let's let's start diving into some Q&A and we're yeah. going to make sure that um, we answer your questions, guys. So make sure to drop in your questions now, inshallah, in the comments. And we'll try to get to as many as possible. Uh, so one is, real quick, we'll start with this. Have you been to Indonesia? <laughs> uh, I haven't. Actually, I had I have several times planned it. So I'm planning if they open, I will go, inshallah, this year. Um, and also, I out of this whole conversation on traveling, I had a conversation with my husband the other day, and um, obviously we had family affected with COVID, and we had some hardships. Yeah. So I said my dream destination was Bora Bora in French Polynesia, and I told my husband, you know, Inshallah, we do have the points, we do have the resources. I think we should do it instead of, you know, because we keep saying it's our dream destination for the past seven years, but we haven't been. Really. Um, and now it will be inshallah good to do it. Inshallah. Is it because now there's better deals thanks to the pandemic and COVID yes. and what's happening? Yes. Right. Yes. So yes. something for people to look out, guys. You heard it here on this podcast. Go and check this out and go on MuslimTravel.girl.com because that's where you can get that information. Uh, I have another here. question, I think. Yes, of course. So let's go ahead and dive into that. Should we post content? Uh, should we post content to focus on our prof personal profile? or company page on any of our socials. So what they're asking is personal yeah. profile versus company profile company page. What do you recommend? Right. So you will know that better. But for me, I would concentrate on the company profile because uh, a personal profile is for your personal friends, family, etc. Nothing right. wrong inviting them over to your, pro to your company profile, mm -hmm. but you want to showcase it to your potential customers and not every family member or friend is your potential customer. So you want to go and showcase your personality and your products and your business and your passion to those who will actually buy from you. 100%. I completely agree. And also, just to clarify as well, when we say company profile, it, it still doesn't mean, as we mentioned, I've just put a logo on there and, yeah. and just start yeah. trying to sell, but it's actually share also on that page, you know, a little bit about you as a person, a little about who you are, why you're doing what you're doing, so people can connect with you, inshallah. Yes. And um, we'll see you got a few more questions, but I'll wait for a few more to come in. I'm going to ask you as well on my end, Elena, a real quick one. You're right now, we, we're talking about building a team. I'm building a team right now as well, yes. right? So I'm hiring people, and it's something that's so essential to growing a business. 
right? The kind of having the right people around you. And alhamdulillah, ever since even right now we have uh, Yusuf as our social media manager. He's moderating this podcast as well. He's been absolutely amazing. We have a few more that we're going to, we plan to hire. What is it that you recommend in terms of finding the right fit? Is there a certain process that you go through? Is there certain things that you look for? And, you know, feel free to just share any tips that you have in, re- in regards to hiring for, right. for us and listeners. Um, yeah. I have a very good friend who is a, uh, a, a consultant, actually, HR, and, you know, he has a business, he's an entrepreneur who has a business on, yeah. on um, you know, hiring people and helping people get hired. Um, so when I started the hiring process, I wanted to do it right this time. I've had uh, assistants before, um, and they've stayed with me for years, and I always thought that, oh, you know what, I'm doing a pretty good job. Um, but I wanted to make it a fun place for people to work to work with. Uh, yeah. You know, not something that just pays the bills, basically. Um, so he actually told me what he went through his assistance, and he created obviously he's HR guy, right? Um, but he created a plan, and he created the the vision of his company. And actually, the first training they had was like an hour or two hours long, where he sold them the vision of his company, although he's not there yet. Um, but then they become more passionate for that growth with him and they stick with him uh, through it. And I thought that's very good. Um, so the other culture, like a culture fit. Yes. It's, it's not only, cul- yeah, it's cultural fit, but also the fact that, you know, you work with a company, but you also, you know, helping improve their lives in, mm-hmm. in some smaller way, um, you know, and kind of give purpose to that to that person for example my social media person or my editor they don't you know they're connecting sometimes with people for me um but they also you know they're also helping someone else achieve a dream of traveling for example um the other thing i did is i always had them do and i think i don't know if people find that you know especially with resources but when i was hiring i hired I think I overhired, but I hired about five people, I think, or six people. Um, and I gave them exactly the same assignment and I gave them exactly the same hours um, to come up with their best concept. Right. Um, and then I could see which one would be a better fit for me because we always should remember that writing a CV, somebody else can write it for you. Writing a cover letter, somebody else can write the cover letter for you. But doing the actual work doesn't. And you will be surprised that some of my best picks were actually the worst performers. Wow. (laughs) Because, and also one thing I realized through the hiring process, and I went through that about four or five months ago, um, so it's all fresh, um, but my hiring process was that I would go towards people who are similar to me. Mm. And that's not always good in a team. Yeah, I don't need another person to tell me how perfect I am or how excited I am. I need somebody who is lacking, who I'm lacking skills of. Like my organizational skills are not the best. I'm very creative. So I need somebody who's good at organizing. And that necessarily doesn't mean that our personality like each other, but we obviously can work together. Um, And I think it's important not to hire people that are too much like you, you know, Um, because you don't want all apples and all oranges. You want a whole fruit basket basically to make it work. Yeah, and that's interesting is that a lot of people, when it comes to hiring and working with people, they, they tend to gravitate in the team towards, you know, as you mentioned, people who are like-minded. But at the same time, what you want in a team is actually people who 
will bring new ideas, right? He will yeah. challenge you to think differently. Exactly. And because that allows you to really, you know, build things in your business that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to build. So it's so key to have that. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned that some of the best hires turned out to be the worst. Well, were the worst performers when it came to the interview process. But what made you still hire them? Was it just based on you connecting well with them or? I didn't hire them. <laughs> oh, you didn't? Okay. <laughs> I shortlisted them. I, I put them through the, the, the you know, the work. Um, and I just... I just let it, you know, let it run out. Um, interestingly, the person I hired at the end, I actually hired two people. The one I hired at the end that was the best one I've had is the person who I thought would last the least and I had the least, you know, like, I don't know how to <laughs> so, Yes. Um, but it turned out great. Um, awesome. so, so that's one thing. The other thing I think, um, many people do is, and I did it. I hired somebody initially who I thought was the younger version of me. Right. Um, and obviously I don't think that worked well as well. Um, because again, you wanted to help someone doesn't necessarily mean that is right for your business. Um, you know, and in ex experience comes from doing things. Uh, and I'm not saying you should always hire experienced people, but they should know what, you know, what is there. Um, you know, how to work, for example, or how to make a blog post and also how to how to stick to deadlines. Uh, because I found, especially with all the freelancers I hired, that very few people stick to deadlines. Yeah, that's that's always a challenge. <laughs> you know, when, when you need them to. Um, yeah. So making sure that they stick to the deadlines and they deliver on time is very important because you're running a business. You have deadlines yourself yeah. that you need to do. And we do have deadlines on like publishing and, you know, extra work and stuff. Um, I also think one of the things I would suggest is to, I did that with my previous VA and she stayed with me for a couple of, for, for a couple of years, I think three or four years, um, was doing some personal questions to see why they're doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I asked them, I asked my husband as well when I got married to do a psychological test. A lot of companies do it. Mm -hmm. I did it because I wanted to get to know them better. Um, but it actually paid out because then I knew what they're passionate about as well and I could support them. For mm -hmm. some was writing, for some was starting their own blog, uh, for some was, you know, making more money or, you know, helping their family. It's a matter of, finding what works for that team member and then, you know, making them valued because nobody would want to not be valued when, right. they, or when they come to work. Okay. Um, so it might be something that people want to consider as well when they're doing it. Obviously don't want to make it too personal. I did take one website that I use generally for it, but um, you know, it's, I think it gives you an insight into the person as well. No, definitely hundred percent. And I agree. I think actually, uh, uh, to be honest, it's something that I actually do with my employees as well. We do the Myers-Briggs test. So yeah. that, that allows me to, to know for myself. Also, it's really insightful for myself, and I recommend every person do it, really. It uh, allows yeah. you to know how you are in terms of relationships, friendships, work environments, et cetera. And it's really insightful. It allows you to know what are your weaknesses, what are your strengths, what you should work on. And also for other people, maybe it'll, it'll help you understand sometimes why they do what they do, right? Yes. Um, where that stems from. It's not from a bad place. It's just... You know, they have maybe a, a certain way of thinking or operating that is different than yours, than yeah. what you're used to. 
So that's important. We got to comment. One of the things I recommend looking into when hiring is whether that person is coachable or not. And I agree with that. That's a big yeah. one, right? You have to be open to improvement. Yes. 100%. Yes, very good point. Yeah, obviously you don't want someone who is who doesn't think that they need any coaching or any help or support, right? And they know everything. For sure. Um, obviously, you know. <laughs> Sorry, somebody says you asked your husband to take a psych test. Yes. Yeah, I did, and actually he, uh, yeah, he still says it. And I would I recommend it to my sisters-in-law when they get married. When they go married, I recommend it to all my friends. Um, you know because. It's it's very good way, and they usually kind of hide themselves away from it. Right, I love it. I love it, mashallah. Well, Elena, honestly, it was a pleasure to have you. It looks like we're just right on time, so just past the yeah. hour, alhamdulillah. So, guys, if you have any further questions, drop them in the comments, or just go on Elena's Instagram or social media and go and drop them there, and tell them that you came from the podcast. Give us a little shout out. I'm here from Oma Printer. Make sure that you let her know, inshallah. But we'll drop a link to her YouTube or Instagram. Where should people go to connect with you? What's the best place to go? Uh, social media, Instagram, obviously YouTube if you guys want. Um, my newsletter, my blog. Um, you know, you can um, you can find me pretty much anywhere. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. All right, so MuslimTravelGirl.com is the website. And on Instagram, MuslimTravelGirl as well. And also on YouTube, MuslimTravelGirl. So guys, whether you're on YouTube, Instagram, uh, whether you just want to go on her website and follow her there, subscribe to our newsletter, make sure you do that, inshallah. And give us a little shout out. Tell her that it's from Warpreneur, inshallah, so that she can know that it's from us. And also, for all of you listening, if it's your first time, or even if you just listened to a few episodes, make sure to subscribe because we bring amazing Muslim entrepreneurs like Elena every single week to share with you their insights and knowledge. Oh Elena, thank you so much. It's honestly been an honor. We've had so many interesting discussions today and honestly so many takeaways that I think are going to benefit our listeners. So just like Allah khair. Thank you and I wish you all the best and all the best to the fellow entrepreneurs out there, you know, because I think it's important to inspire and help each other as well. 100%, 100%. And I'm really grateful to you for sharing so generously with us your time today and your insights. So I hope we'll see you again on this podcast in the future as well, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. Right. Thank you so much. <laughs> My pleasure, guys. Take care.